0: Good morning and welcome to another Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to revisit one of those topics that has come up a couple of times now already on the Virtual Legality series and actually was addressed in our very first episode. And that's the nature of refunds and exactly what is in these software contracts, either at the store level, we're going to be talking about the PlayStation Network store today, or at the end-user license agreement level. We're also going to be talking about and diving in just a bit to look at the Electronic Arts End-User License Agreement as it relates to everybody's favorite game to talk about over the last couple weeks, Anthem. And in the interest of full disclosure, I have to say that over this weekend, I did get a chance to play Anthem for a number of hours, uh, and I actually enjoyed the experience. It actually clicked with me uh, pretty well. I had a lot of fun. I'm playing it on the Xbox One X, So I'm not dealing with the same problems that we're going to discuss in this video with respect to uh, whether or not the game bricks your console, whether it powers it down, whether it shuts it off, whether it needs to be corrected. I haven't had those issues on the Xbox, knock on wood. Uh, You never know how a piece of software is going to uh, respond in the long run. Uh, But for now, everything's been uh, good. And I'm about, I would guess, two thirds of the way through the main plot of the game. uh, And I have been enjoying myself. However, That hasn't been the case with everyone, and earlier this morning, I took a look at a Reset Era thread uh, that seemed to be discussing a few things. We're going to look at Reset Era. We're going to look at Reddit about people discussing whether or not they were having success getting refunds from uh, the Sony store, the PlayStation Network store, uh, for purchases that they had made of Anthem on the Sony platform, and we can see here on the Reset Era thread Uh, that this is titled, Sony is apparently refunding PS4 owners their Anthem digital purchase due to mid-game crashes and complete shutdown. And I'll link this thread in the description to this video. Uh, But this goes on for a number of pages discussing whether or not um, Sony is actually making these refunds. Certainly some people are getting refunds, uh, but there is a a belief that Sony gives essentially one free refund to anybody that asks for it and then refuses all other refunds. So That has a tendency when discussing these stories, and this has happened before Anthem, to really kind of cloud the issue about whether uh, PlayStation or Sony is actually giving refunds on any specific product or for any specific issue. And the answer to that, in my experience, having read through these stories, having looked at these issues, uh, is almost always no. They're not giving refunds for any specific thing Uh, What they are is they are honoring that essentially everybody gets one free. And when you call up customer service or when you chat with them or whatever that you do to communicate with them, they can look at your account and see whether whether or not they have given you this one refund or not. Uh, And so that's kind of clouding the issue. Uh, Again, this thread discusses this. It says uh, in a Reddit quote, Sony is aware of the issue and is offering a complete refund on Anthem, no questions asked. Uh, it took me five minutes. Yep, worked easily. I just went to their support chat and said I made a digital purchase and would like my money back. Paraphrasing, and they helped right away. No problem at all. Uh, and if we look at that Reddit thread, uh, the reset error description of it is is accurate uh, to what uh, to what has been happening here. Uh, and so it's a it's really a question of whether or not Sony is offering refunds. Uh, It certainly seems to be the case after looking at this thread that while some people are getting refunds, others are not. So it doesn't look to me uh, from afar, from 30,000 feet, that Sony is using any particular specific policy power uh, in its in its toolbox to give refunds in this specific instance on this specific game, uh, but it is honoring uh, certain refunds, presumably based on whatever that kind of custom uh, unwritten rule it has that everybody gets a refund if they are a customer of, of Sony's uh, once in, in their account's uh, lifetime. And we could see that going through this thread. Again, I will link these uh, in the description. Uh, the, the Reddit thread kind of discusses it. Uh, long-term, people saying, yes, I got it, yes, I didn't, uh, and really doesn't illuminate the issue at all Uh, so that's one of the reasons why i think that this isn't a special case for anthem Uh, the other reason of course is that you look at the terms of service that we're about to go into and there's really no reason from a legal perspective for sony or for electronic arts to offer refunds If you followed this video series, if you followed my channel, you know that a legal reason is not the only reason for businesses to do things. And certainly, if there were significant problems, and we're going to go to the next Reddit thread, which posits that there might be significant problems, uh, there is a kind of moral obligation and even above a moral obligation, uh, a public relations obligation to really try to make things right to fix things if there is damage being done. Uh, there's a thing that I say to my clients all the time, which is you know, you, you hire lawyers to draft your contracts so that you're in the best leverage position possible when things go wrong so that if you had to go to court, if you had to fight somebody on something and it made sense to, to go and have that fight, that you will win because you've got the right language in your contract to prevail. Uh, but it doesn't mean that that is the right thing to do, the right strategy to do just because you have that in your tool belt. In the contract. Uh, So, we're going to look at the EULA, we're going to look at the terms of service, and we're going to say, yeah, maybe Sony and Electronic Arts don't need to make these refunds right now, just like Bethesda didn't need to make refunds with respect to Fallout 76 in that very first episode of Virtual Legality. But in the right circumstance, with the right pressure, with the right damage being caused by the product, there's a lot of incentive to make those refunds or to otherwise offer folks recompense because. You're in a situation where the business goodwill, the business uh, value is going down because the customer, the consumer looks at you and says, hey, you're doing evil here. You sold me a product that damages something else. And now you won't even make me even remotely whole. You won't do anything for me. And that can be a problem. And that's what is being posited right now. Again, on Reddit, take it with a grain of salt like everything else you read on the internet. Uh, But you do have a couple of more reports of essentially... The Anthem product causing problems for the console. This Reddit thread says, PSA, public service announcement to any Anthem players on PlayStation that experience complete shutdowns of their consoles. Stop playing. Before I start, I want to say that I love Anthem. I've criticized the game before, but I genuinely enjoy playing it. I also own Anthem on both Xbox One and PlayStation 4. No other game causes my PlayStation to randomly turn off while playing. My PlayStation has been completely bricked to the point of not even turning on because of Anthem. I'm not looking for any sympathy or anything. This post is mainly being made to warn people that this could potentially damage your console to the dreaded point of no return. It goes on and on from here as uh, folks posting on Reddit tend to do uh, the teller stories. Uh, And I do think from an outside perspective, this looks uh, very uh, concerning to anybody that's very invested in video games that really loves their PlayStation, that really loves their Xbox, whatever it is that they're playing on. Certainly as somebody that's gamed for a long time, the notion of a piece of software bricking your console, making it inoperative, unable to be turned on or used uh, is a a scary one. Now I will say I've had a number of consoles bricked in my time. uh, And in each case, I was playing a piece of software on them uh, and it, the, the console gave up the ghost and wouldn't turn on anymore. From those specific instances, it wasn't apparent to me. My, my brain didn't make the connection that the software did this damage. It just seemed like it was uh, died of old age uh, in, in almost every instance. Uh, you had polygons being thrown. You had the, the card melting down, whatever it was. Um, and so I tend to look at these things and say, yeah, these, these systems die. When is your PlayStation 4 from? You know, it was originally launched in 2013. How hard do you play it? those kinds of things, and is it just kind of coincidence that Anthem was the thing in your system that you were playing when your console died? Uh, And so I think uh, if somebody like me, uh, from a 30,000-foot perspective, who is concerned about their console dying or a piece of software doing this, looks at it and says, well that's an interesting kind of anecdote and it's a data point. Absolutely. Uh, but until we hear more, it's kind of hard to say that this is what's happening to consoles. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the nature of the internet, right? That's the nature of Reddit or these forums or these message boards like reset era is to take a kind of issue and to uh, kind of drum up a, a snowball of emotion or, a, or, a discussion on a, on a topic that may or may not actually be happening in reality. Uh, and so I look at this and I say, well, If that is happening that's bad and that's what we're going to hypothesize here when we talk about whether these terms of service are okay is if we assume that anthem uh, or any other piece of software that comes out down the line uh, actually did uh, get past the certification process get past whatever the studio's internal quality assurance programs are and unbeknownst to anybody got out into the wild and as you pass hour 15 or what have you actually does brick consoles actually does destroy people's hardware Uh, and their ability to use those councils in the future, uh, you know, what is the situation there? What do the terms of service say? And why might that not matter for the kind of uh, internal and external pressure that would come on these companies if something like that were released in the wild? And we're seeing these reports out of Anthem right now. I I think if it really did do something on a kind of more universal basis, it would be a more universal discussion. You would have more people kind of relating this fact about Anthem. But It only released a couple weeks ago. So if that is actually something that's going to happen to PlayStation 4s, we'd probably only be starting to hear about it now. So while it is a hypothetical right now, I think it's a worthwhile one to discuss, which is why I'm doing this video today. So without further ado from that as kind of background to what we're discussing and and the Anthem situation in and of itself, let's take a look at the PlayStation Network Terms of Service uh, to just kind of see exactly how they uh, disclaim themselves from the liabilities that you might think they would otherwise have. So we see here, this is Terms of Service and User Agreement PlayStation Network. Uh, It's uh, listed as being as of September 20th, 2018. That's about right. These things get a refresh in general, either every six months or every 12 months, depending on the company and depending on how often they want to look at these things and pay their lawyers to look at these things. Uh, But we see in general, it applies to everything that you buy on the PlayStation Network. Uh, So in particular, what those folks on the Reddit thread and the Reset Era thread were talking about were folks that were buying it digitally from the PlayStation Network and seeking to get a refund of that digital purchase from the PlayStation Network store. In that capacity... The PlayStation Network is essentially just like a retail store. It's just like you went into a GameStop and bought a video game. Uh, Unlike a GameStop or something along those lines, uh, digital purchases are still kind of uh, new enough in terms of industry law, in terms of commercial products law, that they don't often get uh, and they don't always get the same kind of protections that one would ordinarily expect from buying something at retail, from buying a physical product or good and, and finding that it's broken you know, going into uh, a Walmart and buying a blender and trying it out and it doesn't have the pieces that it needs or it doesn't work and you try to return it. Uh, They don't have the same kind of uh, rules and regulations that kind of cover what should happen in that event. I think if you do that at a Walmart, generally speaking, you're going to get at bare minimum kind of a store credit uh, because Walmart doesn't want to have you as an angry customer. Uh, As of right now, the digital storefronts, the PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, those kinds of things don't care about that as much. They essentially have these kinds of broad far-reaching rules that say uh, no refunds everything's sold as is we're going to talk about as is in a second Uh, and uh, you're out of luck if something bad happens Uh, and whether or not that's okay uh, it probably doesn't affect you 99 percent of the time Uh, but if it did we have to discuss whether or not the incentives are aligned correctly here because there's really nobody watching the store as it were if some actual real damage were to occur because everybody here has disclaimed liability so we see here i've highlighted Uh, Terms of service and user agreement applies to your access and use of the PlayStation Network products and services collectively PSN services. That's the defined term. We've talked about that in other videos, but we're going to keep our eyes on PSN services to really talk about what we're talking about here. We scroll down. There's a lot of talk that we've seen in other kind of licenses agreements about what it is that your account does, what uh, kind of controls they have, what you're not supposed to do with user-generated content, which we'll see in various places called UGC and other kinds of things. You're not supposed to do bad stuff, especially illegal stuff, but also just generally stuff that makes the community uh, unwelcoming uh, or otherwise uh, concerning. Uh, they talk about uh, your wallet, uh, and this is the first instance we see here of, of kind of bold language and it says funds added to the wallet are non non-refundable and non-transferable except where the law requires that we take those actions because you can never disclaim uh, what the law says. And so there are various jurisdictions that have kind of stronger protections than the United States. And this video is, if you're not used to virtual legality, is done from a United States uh, background. I'm a Michigan barred lawyer. Uh, and so I have uh, familiarity with the United States law and especially Michigan law. Uh, but there are different kinds of laws, different jurisdictions that treat the notion of warranties and refundability differently, particularly in Europe. And so you'll see in this Uh, set of terms and conditions, a couple of places where the European uh, economic area uh, and some other places get uh, essentially more beneficial rights because they have laws that have additional consumer protections in them for digital storefronts. And that may be something that the United States wants to ultimately look at uh, because this is very draconian, what what we're about to read here in these uh, EULAs and these terms and conditions. So we see here transactions, All transactions made through your account or an associated account of your child are solely between you and SIE, LLC. Payments for access to content or services are not refundable, except where the law requires that they are refundable. And again, this sets the baseline in the contract, right? This is Sony saying, we don't have to refund anything. It doesn't mean we won't. Uh, We have the option of always doing something above and beyond what our obligations are in the contract, but we are setting the boundaries here. If you come to us and say, you have to refund this to me because of X, Y, or Z, I can say, no, read this sentence in our terms and conditions. We don't have to do that. Maybe you can create a compelling enough case. Maybe you go to the media and get a big enough groundswell of support for whatever this is that it would be in our best interest to give out this refund to you and maybe to others. But as far as the legal obligation goes, we don't have that obligation because we've set the boundaries in our contract. And that's what commercial contracts are really designed to do is put you, if you're the company in the leverage position you want, so that if you have that argument, if you are going to give a refund, it's essentially out of your largesse and it's because it makes sense for you from business perspective and not because of any other reason. Uh, But it is a problem if we start talking about uh, damages to other things. We scroll on, a lot of language here. This is why everybody scrolls through these things when they're click-throughs, when you're starting an account on the PlayStation Network, or when you're otherwise clicking through a EULA and the Electronic Arts side of things or anywhere else. Keep going, keep going, keep going. We see binding individual arbitration. That's an entirely different video. Uh, But we get all the way to the bottom of this thing, the very last thing in these PlayStation Network terms and conditions. And certainly if I were their lawyers, I would probably be elevating this section a little bit higher. Generally, when you're disclaiming warranties, uh, which are things that I think a lot of people would naturally expect there to be some kind of warranty, which is essentially a promise of how a product is going to meet your market expectations or is going to meet the specifications put for it, that kind of thing. I would generally elevate that to a higher level than the last thing in the terms and conditions. But Sony didn't do that. Sony put it last. And here's what they had to say. They said, no warranty is given about the quality, functionality, availability, or performance of PSN services, or any content or service offered on or through PSN services. In this case, when we talk about Anthem, that's content offered through the PSN services. All services and content are provided as is and as available with all faults. Now, If you're not looking at a consumer slash corporate level terms and conditions, something where you're just essentially clicking through contract terms, warranties, uh, representations and covenants, as well as indemnification language, are by far the most negotiated provisions in ordinary contract use. And that's because these are the things that people can sue on. When you are hiring someone else to make a piece of software for you, you've got a custom software development agreement you have in those representations and warranties, you're going to use reasonable care to make them. Uh, We're going to put in Exhibit A, the specifications that that software is supposed to achieve, uh, whether it's a video game or an AR app uh, or a piece of enterprise software, or otherwise we needed to do X, Y, and Z, and it might be a bullet point list that's five pages long it's going to hit those specifications and you're going to represent that it's going to hit those specifications or else we're not going to pay or we're going to withhold some portion of our payment or otherwise. And this applies in software contracts, as you hear me describing, but in all other contracts that you might negotiate as well, you have these representations and warranties that the other side is going to do something. And if they don't do it, there's some kind of recompense. There's a refund, there's a repair obligation, there's something along those lines. When we talk about consumer products, especially in the digital space, we see a lot of language like this, which says all services and content are provided as is. We are giving you no representation and no warranty. You are licensing this piece of software called Fallout 76 or called Anthem or called anything else that you can think of. And we're essentially making no promises that it's going to work. That's functionality, that it's going to be good that's quality, or that it's ever going to be available on the store. If we decide to take off the availability, availability or performance of the PSN services, we can just take away access if we so choose. And that language might sound scary, and it is to some extent, uh, but the reason you don't see The Sony's of the world or the Microsoft's of the world uh, taking away access or otherwise causing problems is because it is still, even though the contract language gives them all these powers, sets these boundaries, it is still in their best interest to have this goodwill. They are trying to provide a service because you want to feel good about that brand if you're going to spend money on that store. And if you don't feel good about that brand, then they've got a problem. So legal is always different than business, and I want to separate those things out when we talk about virtual legality episodes because these things can look more draconian than you might be comfortable with, and I don't really blame you, Uh, but it doesn't mean that the business is going to suddenly start acting evilly on any specific vector. It just means that they have the right to do so if they should choose to. And this language gets a little bit worse from here. Even You see the second highlighted section here. Your sole and exclusive recourse in the event of any dissatisfaction with or damage arising from PSN services or in connection with this agreement, and our maximum liability under this agreement or with respect to your use of or access to PSN services is limited to your direct damages, the actual damage that you experience, not to exceed the unused funds in your wallet as of the date of termination. So what they're saying is, okay, we've said we don't have to give you refunds. If we wind up in a really big fight here... Uh, We will potentially give you back the money that is in your wallet that you didn't actually buy anything with, but that you preloaded in your wallet for some reason. I don't know if you're like me or not, but I don't tend to do that. I tend to essentially fund the wallet as I purchase things and everything that's put into the wallet is used on that purchase. So I'm not running with a, uh, with a unused wallet amount very often, if at all. And that's basically what they say is, all right, if we get into it really badly, we'll give you your money back in your wallet, even though we said we don't have to do that up in the wallet section that we read earlier. And then the second part of this is, except as stated in the foregoing, we'll give you your unused wallet money back. We exclude all liability for any loss of data, and here's the big one, damage caused to your software or hardware, and any other loss or damage suffered by you or any third party, whether direct, indirect, incidental, special, or consequential, and however arising as a result of accessing or downloading any content. That sentence is exactly what Sony would point to if they got a lawsuit against them for this Anthem issue, if we assume again that Anthem actually is destroying PlayStation 4s, which I think is probably not happening. But if we assume that it did, they say, except as stated in the foregoing, we could potentially return you your wallet money. Uh, We don't owe you anything for damage caused to your hardware. Uh, And that's Sony's boundaries. That's their contractual obligation is they're provided this software as is. Thank you very much for your $60. And we are not going to be liable for any damage caused to your PlayStation 4 that this software might cause even though they have a certification process. We're going to talk about that a little bit because there is an interesting article uh, that I was looking at earlier from uh, 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 the Lambeer guys uh, about what certification process actually looks like uh, in respect of uh, a couple years ago, the No Man's Sky issue. Um, But that's the Sony situation. That's the storefront that you might have purchased from. And you might go and you might say, okay, well, Sony has all these protections. Uh, So they're going to get out of liability in most instances for any problems that Anthem might cause. That's kind of the storefront. But what about the manufacturer? What about the actual producer of the content? Maybe we could get something out of Electronic Arts. Uh, And so I did take a look at the Electronic Arts User Agreement. And here is how this looks. Uh, We see here uh, Electronic Arts User Agreement last updated January 8th, 2019. So that's really recent. They probably do their... User agreement updates at the beginning of the year. uh, And the the lawyers took a look at this. uh, And we see here that this agreement governs your access and use of software products, such as game software, contained on disk or downloaded, offered by EA and its subsidiaries, and related updates, upgrades, and features, as well as online and mobile services, features, content, and websites offered by EA, and or live events hosted by or in connection with EA. All of this stuff that I just said... Is collectively referred to in these terms as the EA services and so we see a user agreement that looks quite a bit like the playstation network agreement if we're being honest although the playstation network has some other things that are going on with it with respect to uh, uh, posts in the what's new side of things, whether or not it can use your data and your content and things. Uh, and so these are different because you have different kind of rights and obligations with respect to these two services. And Electronic Arts is mostly in the business of actually providing the software and not providing uh, a network. But there is some stuff here that kind of goes with uh, origin and with some of the stuff that they do with their own network. But we're going to scroll right past that. They talk about user-generated content. They talk about rules of conduct on their accounts and services, what the differences between PCs are, uh, use of data, all these kinds of things. And they, again, put their warranties as essentially the last uh, the last statement here uh, before you get into kind of the more miscellaneous terms. Oh, here's the governing law. It's the entire agreement, et cetera, et cetera. And we see here the differences that we talked about briefly when we talked about the Sony situation, which is if you live in the european economic area eea or switzerland the ea services will be provided with reasonable care and skill that's an actual representation we talked about it earlier in the video that is a that is a promise that electronic arts will provide whatever it is that it's providing in respect of the transaction you're entering into with it with reasonable care and skill they won't be negligent uh but if we look at anywhere outside the eea and switzerland if you live outside those areas ea services are licensed and provided as is we give no representations or warranties Uh, it's like buying a piece of real property at bankruptcy you show up and you go and you figure out what it looks like when you get there and if it turns out that termites have eaten up the whole building and that there's a giant hole in the basement uh, well that's too bad you can't sue anybody for it because it was sold to you as is and that's really what electronic arts is saying here is we're providing our products as is you get no uh, recompense you get no protections for the thing uh, not working at all Uh, And we see here later on when we talk about their disclaimers of liability, just like we saw with the PlayStation uh, Terms and Conditions. If you live outside the EEA in Switzerland to the full extent permitted by applicable law, EA and its employees, licensors and business partners shall not be liable to you for any losses that were not caused by EA's breach of this agreement or... Indirect, incidental, consequential, punitive, or special damages. So it's the same kind of statement. They don't have anything that specifically calls out software and hardware, but this sentence does the same job, which is to say, hey, if we do anything that's consequential, if this software doesn't just break, but breaks something else, causes damage, somehow creates a situation where you wind up falling out a window and breaking your arm, EA is not responsible. Uh, And that's normal from a commercial context. If I'm looking at it as a corporate lawyer and I say, okay, we need to make sure that there can't be this kind of unexpectedly huge liability that relates to selling this product. If we sell a $60 product, we don't want to accidentally have a $60,000 liability. So we have a sentence there that says, hey, we're not responsible for special or consequential, consequential damages. That's normal. But when we're talking about this hypothetical anthem situation where PlayStation 4s are dying, shouldn't somebody be responsible for this kind of thing? And I think the answer to that is is undoubtedly yes. Uh, And we see in this warranty section, they also link out to their warranty policy, uh, which uh, if you're looking at any of these things, there's often a lot of cross-reference links. There's a lot of other pages to read, makes it a little bit more difficult, certainly brings them into the fold as to what you have to know about in order to know your rights and obligations in one of these contracts. But this particular section, I went and looked at this site, doesn't really help for anything that we're talking about here. It is mostly related to uh, when Electronic Arts sells things. It's kind of an add-on section for when you buy something through Origin. Uh, and it says, we warrant to the original purchaser that both the product and manual are free from defects. It's kind of the standard. Uh, if, the, if the code or if the manual or if the disk is kind of uh, scratched or it doesn't have the, the right kind of things on it to actually make the executable run, then we can, then we can replace it within 90 days, that kind of thing. But it also adds here the kind of language we were expecting to see in the main terms and conditions, which is we are not responsible for any damages that are caused by possession, use or malfunction of this product. This includes damage to property and to the extent permitted by law, damages for personal injury, even if we have been advised of the possibility of those damages. And again, this is normal. You want to make sure if you're the corporation that you're not having these liabilities just pop up and be uh, huge against the potential revenue that you could get from the actual product being put into the marketplace. Uh, but it is concerning when you are talking about a potential product that could do damage to another piece of somebody else's assets, their PlayStation 4 in this case in particular. Uh, and one of the things that I saw in the, the Reddit uh, threads, the Reset Era threads, is you know what is Sony doing? Uh, with respect to their certification process Uh, because if you're not familiar all of these consoles do require these various pieces of software to go through what's called certification Uh, and this is a process in which they essentially match certain provisions of how a piece of software is to act uh, on the console systems and if you pass that certification it's a kind of seal of quality or at least that's how consumers have read it which is to mean they they should function uh, the old Nintendo seal of quality back from the 80s and, uh, and earlier really related to the fact that um, certain products and services in that time frame were being released that didn't function at all. And Nintendo saw a, uh, a market opening for essentially promising that this software would work, that it wouldn't be broken. Uh, and this was in kind of the shadow of some of the big, big problems that the video game industry was having in that time. And out of that Nintendo seal of quality really kind of arose the evolution of the certification programs on the Microsoft level, on the Sony level, on the Sega level when it was around in a console manufacturer. Uh, And that's really persisted to today, but it's not really quality assurance. It's really something else. And so I did find this article uh, uh, from uh, uh, Rami Ismail uh, that I thought was a a good uh, reference point for what certification really is. One of the things you'll see here is that uh, he says, I can only say so much uh, because I'm tied up in NDAs uh, that I have to sign if I'm going to publish anything on one of these consoles. And so I have to be kind of vague and kind of uh, descriptive uh, rather than actually talk about the specific certification requirements that these console manufacturers require. And that's interesting because I do think it's, it's educational for everybody in the industry. I don't know that it really needs to be uh, covered under a non-disclosure agreement, but these guys have decided to do so and so i really like this description here and i just wanted to pass this on as part of this video and he says what you have to imagine when it comes to cert is a giant book of check boxes. some of these make a lot of sense don't crash which is interesting to pull out right that's the very first thing he says is that one of the certifications is don't crash uh, but to some extent people are limited in time you've only got a certain amount of human beings looking at certain pieces of software for certain amounts of time and it We don't know the whole background of the Reddit thread or the Reset Era threads, but if this person was playing Anthem for 48 hours straight, is that when it crashes? If they were doing something different uh, that we we didn't expect, is that when it crashes? And we just don't know that. So I think it makes sense from certification to say don't crash. It doesn't crash on launch. People have been playing Anthem on their PlayStation 4s, and and whether or not this is a long-term kind of thing that you wouldn't be able to check insert Is certainly part of this discussion Uh, is it really only after playing it for two weeks that this happens is there something that is essentially aggregating uh, that's causing a problem these are the kinds of things that could occur that could get outside of the certification process Uh, but going forward with this article some of these are reasonable if you leave the main menu open for 24 hours is the game still smooth and some of them sound obscene if you rapidly plug and unplug the controller does the game know what to do some of these are enlightening Your game needs to figure out what controller the player is assigned to, That's requiring the press button to start screen only console games still have. And some of them are just headaches. Don't put the UI in the outer 10% of the screen unless you use one of those how big is your screen interfaces. Some are legal. Is any form of parental control activated or is the profile under the allowed age for gameplay? If so, did you disable the required functionality? And some can make you desperate. The console cannot have had firmware updates between your release build and the patch. Did you know consoles don't necessarily pause your game for you when players switch to other interfaces? You have to do that for yourself. And so that's really the kind of thing that's being covered by the certification process. Does your piece of software interact with, in this case, the Sony PlayStation 4 in the way that we want to have it interact with it? And if it does, we're going to ultimately pass you through the process. But if it doesn't, then you're going to have problems. But it's really not designed to be a substitute for quality assurance. It's not really designed to make sure that the product is good, certainly. And it's really not designed to make sure that the product never, ever bugs out and never, ever crashes. It's really designed to make sure that the software meets some kind of minimum threshold for functionality on the system. uh, And that's really all it does. So it's really not up to Sony to essentially make sure that Anthem doesn't occasionally crash. uh, But we can certainly ask the question of whether it is up to Sony to make sure that it doesn't blow up PlayStation 4s. Uh, And sometimes these things are going to be easily spotted. And I think certainly the certification process has probably blocked any number of bad pieces of software or made it so that those pieces of software had to go through cert again until they had corrected their issues. Uh, But it can't catch everything because human beings are still human beings. And then when that happens, if Anthem is actually breaking PlayStation 4s, who should pay the piper? I think everybody would agree that at the end of the day, if we were to just ascribe the full liability to where it should belong, it would be on Electronic Arts. Um, Electronic Arts made the piece of software, made the product, uh, and if Sony PlayStation 4s are dying because of that product, if we could make a perfect world, the end liability uh, would live with Electronic Arts. And I think what you would see in the legal process is that that would happen Uh, if Uh, this came out that Anthem was blowing up PlayStation 4s. If we saw that in the next 10 days this was happening, more and more PlayStation 4s were dying, and that uh, either Sony or Electronic Arts had to essentially put out a notice that said, all right, uh, don't play this until we figure out what the problem is, then the people that had their PlayStation 4s die would probably be able to go to Sony and say, hey, I need this replaced. Uh, And Sony would probably, in the in that circumstance, have a number of media articles written against it and would be replacing PlayStation 4s or providing credits or doing something else. And then they would have a call with Electronic Arts and say, Electronic Arts, you did this to us. Uh, You have to make it right to us. Sony would have an action against Electronic Arts. And that's how I would see that going. And I think if that is the circumstance, certainly Electronic Arts would be left holding the bill. And that's the proper place to have someone hold the bill. And so it is interesting that that would happen. But it's also interesting from a consumer perspective that it wouldn't have to happen and certainly if anthem was only blowing up let's say one percent of sony playstation 4s then where does that leave you if it actually is causing this damage but it's not causing the damage in a high enough level to actually get media exposure to actually force sony's hand to make replacements are these people just out of luck and if they are should they be And I think it's an interesting question. I think it's a good discussion to be having because even as a corporate lawyer, I look at that and say that's fundamentally unfair for the folks that have their PlayStation 4 die, if it can actually be tied to it. We're assuming a perfect world where we can say definitively that it was Anthem that broke their PlayStation 4s and now they're left without because of that product. And so I think it is worthwhile discussion. I think it is something that we want to look at, and I think certainly at the instant moment, I think people that are buying things digitally need to know this stuff. That's why I do these videos, is that I think it's important for folks to understand the end user license agreement that covers the the kind of transactions they're having with these folks, whether that's the PlayStation Network, whether that's Origin, whether that's Xbox Live, or anywhere else that you're purchasing products. You don't have much protection for the damage that it can cause. And unless that damage is going to be realized on essentially a broad spectrum, if it's going to hit everybody, then maybe you have something that can get enough, what amounts to public relations pressure on these companies to actually fix the issue. But if you don't have that kind of critical mass of problems, you're probably going to be left holding the bag. And I think that's an unfortunate circumstance of essentially what is a growing industry, digital transactions, and one that's going to be ultimately fixed in the long term. But that certainly doesn't help anybody in the short term. And so I want to have these conversations because I think it's good to highlight that these issues are present and that there are things that people need to be worried about. Now, in respect of Anthem specifically, I think there's a long way to go yet before we really start getting concerned that Anthem is breaking PlayStation 4s. I think certainly the reports that I'm seeing on Reddit and on Reset Era and on some other places do suggest that it certainly has some issues that cause some shutdowns. Whether or not those are server related or otherwise, I don't know. But certainly people are having difficulty with the product, with the software, uh, and with the application in certain instances. As I said, I've played it for a dozen hours or so. And I have had some instances where it essentially just stopped working. It didn't really freeze, but it didn't kind of forward the progress of the game in the way that it should, uh, which I essentially closed out of the application and restarted it and everything was fixed. So it's not a perfect piece of code, uh, but... I certainly didn't have any kinds of problems that made it look like anything was about to be bricked or that anything was shutting down or instant resetting or anything like that Uh, so at least on the xbox one x side of things it has been working out pretty much fine uh for me so far but i think it's something worth following if you're interested in all uh, all of this uh please do keep uh subscribe to this channel please like this video Uh, If anything else comes out on this story, I will absolutely cover it and talk about it, uh, especially if Sony starts moving into making refunds or Electronic Arts comes out with a press release or something along those lines. It would be a sequel to this video. I do these kinds of videos a lot, uh, so please do uh, share them with anybody that you think might be interested in this information about the possibility of Anthem refunds, the nature of the PlayStation Network terms of service, as well as the Electronic Arts terms and service. I I love doing these things, and I do get great engagement on these videos when they are shared in your community, in places that I don't regularly get to because I'm otherwise practicing law on the day-to-day basis. Uh, So please do share those. I always appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so very much for watching this video. And if you're following it on podcast, in podcast form, thank you so very much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next virtual legality.